0: Welcome back to the Pomona's Promise Network Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Quinones. And today in studio, we have special guest, Larry Ortega, a third generation Pomonian.
1: Hey, what's happening, Andrew? How are you, man? Good to see you, brother. Yes, I'm good. Yeah. Hey, congratulations on this too, man. I really, uh, I'm so impressed by your operation here and what you're doing and the mission that you've kind of launched here for us. Much needed, long, you know, from a long time ago, man. So it's so really good to see you know you getting this off the ground and and making it happen and thank you you know I'm humbled by your invitation to share my story you know thank you very much for that
0: you're very welcome Larry so thank you very much for your your comments I appreciate it you know uh, you and I both love Pomona of course you've been here and your family's been here a lot longer than I have how how many generations
1: yeah the grandma was here in 1903 so we got about 100 and what is that 23 years 26 years wow you Know that we've been here, yeah. And, and my dad, born, raised, now buried, worked for the school district a long time. My mom was a teacher's aide over at Alcott for 24 years. And I went to uh Alcott and Simons and uh got in too much trouble there. So mom and dad said, Hey, man, we're sending you to an all boys Catholic school now. See how you like that.
0: Which one did you go to?
1: Uh, Damien. All right, yeah. Damien. I ended up going to Damien and it uh of saved my life I kind of changed my perspective in terms of you know at that point in time you know a lot of Latinos Chicanos were not going to you know college very few and and many had it on their decision bar you know am I gonna go am I not gonna go and what Damien did for me was took that away and kind of put it in front of me in terms of which college am I going to Ah, you know so it's a whole different perspective and I'm really appreciative because you have a lot of people competitive people going to Annapolis and you know Harvard and you know all those other schools which I had no idea what they were talking about man when they were like throwing it down I mean it was a funny story when uh you know my counselor took me to took me uh my high school counselor says hey man uh looks like you qualify for uh DeVry and I was like yeah man cool right. man yeah, I did yeah. you know I was like I'm going to go somewhere you know like Arizona and you know, not realizing, and not that it's a bad thing, that it was a trade school, and it was, you know, pretty much no-brainer. Mostly everybody could get into that school, and, uh, you know, I never worked hard in my grades, man. It didn't, you know, it didn't really, you know, focus in terms of what it meant or anything. I saw everyone else, you know, kind of trying to kill it, yeah. and uh, it wasn't actually until I, my last year at Cal Poly I was on a nine-year program bachelor
0: bachelor (laughs) bachelor
1: of arts with business uh, computer information systems and uh, I was in my last quarter in the ninth year where I kind of took off from work and I just studied and ended up getting like four A's and a and a B you know and then I jumped into law school and I got a couple of years of law school under my belt and decided that my mission was really uh with community and technology and running a uh you know, uh, an opportunity running a a program that would give other kids opportunities. So we came over here to the Boys and Girls Club in Pomona and we did a collaborative effort working with some of the kids that were in uh, independent study over at Fremont. Homies thought they were all bad, you know, cholos, you know, want to be cholos, whatever. And uh, we did this program out there. And what I did, my whole goal was just to introduce them into kind of like CIS 101, you know, what the basics were of a computer, what a bit, what a byte, what a character was, you know, how the PC, the internal computer parts worked. Man, those guys, they turned their lives around, man. I mean, one of the kids actually uh, ended up representing his... uh, class in washington dc in the robotics club oh wow All right. yeah the very next year i talked yeah. to, i ran into his sister and she she's yeah he's doing great and i was like i got something at that point uh, yeah, yeah, i realized yeah. that all the kids need to do is just you got to just put it in front of them have them see it that there might be other opportunity there the power of mentorship huh oh my gosh it's amazing you yes. know so they can see it and then they feel it and then they, and they go after it. so the kid yeah. one of the kids uh Joseph Corral, if you're out there, brother, Joseph contact Brown. me, man, wherever you're at, man. I want to see how you're doing. Uh, he was in the program and uh, ended up wanting to be a computer trainer
0: uh-huh.
1: after, you know, he saw what, you know, what we were doing. Yeah. And uh, I had a lot of that. I had a lot of the kids that, you know, wanted to turn to computer training. We did a program out in Ontario, and then we ended up going statewide. And uh, quickly realized in 2008, kids were like, to computers, technology, like fish to water. Yes. So the need of that program at that time kind of switched, and then we realized that parents, particularly Spanish-speaking parents, got um, leapfrogged over the whole technology explosion, man. They were, like, really out of it, didn't yes. know what the kids were getting into. And so we started a program called the uh, Parent Engagement Through Technology Program.
0: Parent Engagement Through Technology Program.
1: Yeah, yeah. and we jumped uh we jumped all in on that one and and that one became very successful in fact that's one of my uh one of my pride and joys is just um, seeing the parents afterward ten years later seeing that their kids graduated from from high from college from high school and are doing well now and it's uh it's amazing I mean you know that success yeah. andy you know how absolutely after you catch up with people after you've kind of helped them get on the right path and it really didn't have anything to do with me as much as it did with just pointing them in what other opportunities were available. Right. You know, it was nothing special that I was doing, but except no, just giving I'm sure them the information. sure you were doing something
0: special. You, you know? But Larry, you know, like I said, you and I, of course you have generations of being here in Pomona. I only started hanging out here in my high school years in 1990. And, and, and we've seen Pomona grow, let's say, in the last 20 to 30 years. Um, I'm sure when you're a teenager, of course, when I was a teenager, there was a lot of violence uh, in conflict, black against brown, brown against brown. There was, I mean, uh, youth killings, uh, the, the, the human trafficking was still there. I mean, it, uh, Pomona, from an outside perspective, seemed like a mess. And uh, other communities really would not want to engage or send their children to this city. However, I want to say over the last you, know, you know, 20 years almost, as things have changed, I got to tell you, uh, the power of mentorship and people like yourself, or like myself, or like an Eric Vasquez, or uh, I could name a dozen people uh, that really uh, took a liking to 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 making a difference in the life of youth in Pomona, yeah. so that we can transform this place, right? Right? And, and and this is why I created this podcast in the sense where, you know, when I would Google Pomona, uh, a lot of negative stuff would come up. Yeah. So I made it a personal mission of my own to. Try to create as much positive content coming out of Pomona. Talk to people like you that are you know out there uh, making an effort to, to 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 improve this city right uh, so that when somebody googles Pomona, things good come up right. you know the, the light comes out rather than the darkness right right so, so you know today we're it's here because man. you know you're on a path you're on a very special path and, and i uh, after you sharing some of your path with me, I had to get you in here because I think it's very important that we uh, engage the community, yeah. share the information, and really uh, give the community a call to action yeah. on this subject in particular. Yeah. So tell us, really, why are we here? Really
1: important. Got billions of dollars that the uh, Biden administration has uh, allocated towards upgrading our infrastructure in and throughout you know California. And it's called the BEAD program, B-E-A-D. Don't ask me what the acronym stands for, but it... It represents about 1.83 billion dollars that the state is uh, is going to get from the feds. Did you upgrade. say billion dollars? Billion One, with the b. 1.8 1. yeah. 1.83 billion. Three billion. Wow. Yeah. So it seems like a lot of money. Yeah. But well, that's for all end, America, right? No, no, no. That's just for California. Oh, that's just
0: for California. Wow. Yeah,
1: all America is going to get 42 uh, 42.5. Wow. Billion um, at the end of the day. So we're I've been working on this thing for the last three years because I knew it was coming. And I've been talking to uh, leaders up and down the uh, San Gabriel Valley, all the way into San Bernardino. I mean, one of our most recent meetings was with uh, Majority Leader Emeritus uh, Eloise Reyes. And we had pulled in the superintendent and the mayor of San Bernardino and, you know, a couple other leaders. And we wanted to impress upon her that we needed her to begin advocating for us, that we need to make sure that everybody knows that this money's coming down and that the legislator needs to, the legislation that is being introduced needs to be in support of that. Yes. But there's a lot of bills that are out there. I mean, what's happening is, is that the industry is so powerful. The wireless industry and what I call the incumbent providers, the AT&T, the Verizons, the Frontiers, they have a monopoly, right? I mean, they were at one time called state utilities, right? That's they right. were like an Edison, yes, you know, like a SoCal Gas, and they were heavily regulated in that instant. But there was a law that was passed in 2012 that kind of deregulated them, and there were some individuals, and I'll get into the other part of that story, that were part of facilitating making sure that um, the companies would not get in trouble if they didn't deploy fiber optic uh, infrastructure upgrades to certain communities. But that ended up being, which you and I are familiar with, is redlining. Redlining. Right? So it's okay. digital redlining. Digital right? Redlining. They're saying, like, we're not gonna make any money in this part of the town, so <laughs> we're not gonna give those people fiber optics. And this bill that passed, right, it's PU 710 was cited as being the problem of creating the digital divide in the first place. So what has been happening is, is that the phone companies for the last two to three decades, if you ever had a landline, I don't know if you remember the yeah, landlines, sure right? Do. We always got like extra fees and extra charges that were on those bills. Interesting. Well, it turns out a friend of mine from New York, Bruce Kushnick, wrote a book and said that about $500 billion with a B with ab dollars had Been collected in that time span over the last three decades to do upgrades to fiber optics. Oh, wow! To which these guys did not execute, they actually took that money and diverted it someplace else. Yeah, yeah, and we know that to be a fact because we have the digital divide. Yeah, because there's certain communities that cannot connect.
0: So, now before you go ahead, Larry, yeah. I think we jumped ahead a little bit. Yeah. Uh, for people that are just tuning in, sure, uh, in, in a simple way. If you had a magic wand, what would change here in Pomona? What are you, what are you fixing to change or to improve?
1: We want uh, pricing to come down okay. for the internet. cable. Oh, okay. so we're talking about internet, right? We're talking about the internet. Okay. We want pricing to come down. Pricing to come down? To, to be on par with some of the other cities, model cities that are, are doing it in other places in our country, right? Yes. Like a place called Far Texas, There's a place called Chattanooga, Tennessee. Yes. Those are model cities that have implemented what is called municipal broadband.
0: Municipal broadband.
1: And and that's a broadband, that's like uh, an internet company that the city itself is running.
0: Ah, okay. So
1: what they've done is Community
0: banking?
1: Something like community banking, exactly. Similar concept. Within our own. Exactly. Okay. And so the city then at that point turns what is a cost center right now, costing them money, into a revenue center. Ah. So it flips it all on its side. Okay. And it's able to offer high-speed internet, 500 megabits up and down, for 25 bucks a month.
0: So for 25 dollars. So, so right now, again, I have a small nonprofit business. I know we're we're probably spending about 200 dollars. I just needed to uh, increase my bandwidth because you know I'm doing this podcast studio, right. and a lot of people are are you know we're using all these electronics, so it started slowing down. Right. Uh, I I've heard about fiber optics. And I heard that it's like 10 times faster than what we have right now. 10,000. 10,000 times faster. And uh, so let me get this correct. For you envision a Pomona where we, as a city, uh, kind of own our own exactly. fiber optics. And we're creating revenue. And all our community has uh, the fiber optics option rather than the, dial, well, it's not dial-up, but broadband or whatever it is. It's
1: still, there are some places it's still dial-up and it's, and now the big push is wireless. Yes. Right. Everybody's thinking, 5G? You know,
0: is that, you know, when right, we about five, wireless?
1: 5G is is uh, being pushed as an alternative. Right. And um, it's not, man. It's, it's third tier. So this is what I the wanted to talk. Third tier. Okay. This is what I wanted to talk to you okay. about, man, is that away, what's man. happening is, is that, we are being bombarded by the wireless industry, yeah. by wireless interests in that, yeah, man, we can, cook, we can connect everybody up right now, you right. know, and we can do it cheap and, and you can have it right now. Like what, what is the advertisement that's out there? T-Mobile has a, you can get internet like right now, yeah. right? And they, they throw a device in your house and then and then like, bam, you got it. But what they're not telling you is that that actually subverts the bigger plan of trying to get access to these fiber optic dollars, because right. then what happens is is that uh, the fiber optic dollars, by the way, and I, fr- I forgot to mention this, is based on need, right? And, need. and so, what we found out from the pandemic, when that all hit, and you remember, yeah, all of our a lot of our kids got the little Wi-Fi devices, the MyFi devices, to go home. And then what we found out and quickly was that if there was two kids on that same device at the same time. It was game over. They could not access. They couldn't get to class. And when we found out is that the wireless industry is, uh, they're not ready, right? They don't have it together to offer a competitive alternative to fiber optics. And fiber optics is 20, 30 years future-proof. Right. Future-proof. Wireless, right? right? I mean, how many times you replace your cell phone in in a matter of five years? Right. A couple of times, my, right? Yeah, I just
0: replaced mine recently.
1: So that is the design model yeah, yeah, yeah. of wireless technology. Right. So yes, in a two year window, you can actually get a community wired. It's possible. Yeah. For maybe half the cost of what it would cost to do it fiber optically, right. right, with fiber. But in a ten year window, right. You've now had to replace that wireless infrastructure two, three, maybe four, even five times in a ten-year window. Right now, your cost is just double, triple. Yeah. you know, and 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 it's and it's less it's less quality. So wireless, as, a, as according to the Electronic Frontier Foundation, said that wireless is ten thousand times slower than fiber optics. Right. And we know that to be true because of all of our kids right. and the capacity during the COVID, you know. So they wanna do more wireless and, and you know, it's, it's not the best alternative. And it will serve to uh, in, not allow us to get access to the full, you know, chunk of money that we should be getting here Got in it. Pomona. So that's really important.
0: Now, there's a few things that I think about. Uh, again, I'm not the smartest guy in the room, uh, maybe you are. And so I'm, I'm going to run a couple things by you, uh, just to kind of bounce some ideas from things that we hear in the community yeah. and little things that we hear in history.
1: Yeah. So
0: the first thing is, I think of the word planned opalescence, planned opalescence. Yeah. and, 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 you know, I heard the story of, uh, the light bulb and the first light bulbs they created last a very long time. And then manufacturers all got together and say, we can't. Have, nobody's buying new light bulbs so they start it's called planned adolescence where it only had so many hours of light right. before they had to buy a new light bulb Right. and then we think about uh, cannabis hemp you know the petrochemical industry came in uh, in creating nylon and all these other things when they could have used hemp for you know newspapers or toilet paper uh, so it, I mean there's a, a dozen examples within history yeah. uh, I mean you can look at iPhones, you know, planned obsolescence. you have to get one every year. So it seems like, again, the American way, the capitalist way, is to create the need, the consistent need for people to be spending more money, creating right. more junk, uh, so that they can keep on buying every so often.
1: That's absolutely correct. Yeah, that is, that's absolutely correct. And that's how the wireless industry has done no different than these other industries that you just cited. Right. It's the exact same thing. And... Uh, that is something that they're fighting very hard for and but the problem i guess the biggest challenge andy is that um our legislators you know are not on board or do not understand right now and we and the reason why they don't understand and i'm glad again thank you for the invitation for having me come speak out here uh is because our constituency the people their constituency don't understand right they don't know There's a gigantic difference between wireless and fiber optics. Moreover, they don't know about the billion dollars that are, you know, already earmarked. They're like, oh, yeah, Pomona, low-income folks, yeah, oh, yeah, let's get them some money, right, like that. So there's these, you know, things that are already in place set to benefit communities like Pomona. But unless we can educate them all, have them understand that this opportunity is out there— which would mean jobs. Right. I mean, there was uh, an economic uh, report done on what it did for Chattanooga. It was like in the billions of dollars in economic uh, benefit that was generated as a result of them going completely fiber. Yeah. Same thing for FAR Texas, they're experiencing the same thing. It's almost like a it's a no-lose situation.
0: Right, you well know,
1: no, somebody's a lose,
0: and those are the, the, the traditional wireless. company, wireless company yeah. that continue to rake in the money year after year. And I tell you, like, say, yeah. I even had to upgrade at up my house because it just seems slow. If, if we think so fast and yeah. to have to wait for things. And uh, you know, fiber optics, again, is a wonderful solution yes. to, to filling the gap, right?
1: And it's an unprecedented opportunity, Andy. Yeah. This money is never going to be here again. Yeah. It's like a once-in-a-lifetime, and the uh, powers that be are working very hard to make sure that they keep us ignorant in the dark yeah. on the issue. I mean, this is some stuff that went down at uh because there's there's two kind of two programs that are that are headed our way. There's a thing called the last mile, and then there's the thing called the middle mile as it relates to getting fiber optic connectivity. The state, the of California, through the through a governor's proposal is committing another six and a half billion to do the middle mile. And so we were gonna Pomona was was set to get their middle mile, you know, all laid out and everything. And then what we found out a few weeks ago is that they completely changed the maps and then all of a sudden Pomona was no longer. Really? Yeah. And so what's happening is is that uh, there's these players that are playing at this level that is, you know, no accountability, no transparency. uh, And then, you know, when they publish stuff, they're not honest about like how they got to that spot. Right. And so during this meeting, there was a lot of people that kind of, you know, pushed back on the idea that, you know, where like it was, for example, Compton was supposed to get it. Then they were off. Pomona was supposed to get it. Then they were off. Oakland was supposed to get it. Then they were off. So, so who's
0: making these decisions is there, are there like well we still don't know or, oh, we still don't so, know so, so we convert, went to this
1: huh? we went to this meeting and we said that was the first question out of my mouth as yeah, yeah, a, yeah. as I commented I said like who's making these decisions like who does this right and there of course there was no answer at that time but hopefully the report from that um, meeting will come out and disclose that
0: yeah
1: so they came back this group there's a the Department of Technology and they have at least I know he is on it. Uh, and I can't remember the, 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 the cast name, uh, I want to say Monroe, but he was one of the, one of the leaders in terms of like, uh, giving input relative to where the middle mile was going to go. Yeah. So they all, like, we all as a you know, group collectively jammed them up and said, hey, man, what's up with this? And then they came back. Their response was, oh, hey, we made a mistake. Uh, it's actually two phases, you know, they kind of backpedal a little uh, bit, and we're going to do it in two phases. And yeah. we only we only did phase one, and y'all are going to be part of phase two. Don't worry about it. But I mean, you know, are we all professionals, or you yeah. know, you know what, man? I yeah. mean, we could have probably had said that at that point in time, right, um, and known about it. So, so there that there's all that going on. That's just one example of many yeah. that I can cite to you in terms of like, because there's so much money coming down the pike. Yeah, you know. And communities are not really, like, looking for it or aware of it, but we need to make them aware. And, and what the benefits are, the jobs, again, the access to resources. You think about, uh, when you think about telehealth and telemedicine yeah. and having our, our moms not have to go into the clinic but rather can do it online, right. you know, if they have the right access. What a difference in their life, right. you know, that would make. I mean, it's, it's tremendous, right, you know. Right, right. So
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, the connectivity the job training, all of what you know, we have expectations for right now is dependent upon the infrastructure. And what will happen, Andy, see, the, the consequence of us not finding out about what's going on and not getting educated is we're going
0: to be left like right where we are today uh-huh. through the next decade, man. So, yeah. so, so, Larry, okay, so the second thing I want to bring up, um, from what I understand – they got five, a big fiber optic cable running all the way through the Atlantic Ocean to like England or to Europe, like to, to the, our country. Uh, so there's fiber optic that it's not in the air like telephone wires, but they buried it underground. And the reason I say that because I think of a part of Pomona uh, and, and called Phillips Ranch, right? And if you go through Phillips Ranch, I don't see any telephone poles and a bunch of electric wires going overhead i mean it, it, i i believe everything is underground and it makes the city a lot nicer and if we had an earthquake there wouldn't be a bunch of you know uh, uh, wires coming down uh, causing a maybe potentially harmful situation to people fiber optic cables also they they're they're not carried above ground they're carried below ground is that is that correct or
1: yeah the preferences is to you know to barium you know that's kind of the best way but there's there's models now that uh Architecture rather that's being um, deployed that runs them along the poles. Okay. And then runs them along. That, kinda, are, that already pre Yeah, that already there and kind of runs them along the same wires right. and, you know, to get it done, right? Um, so there's, there's that. There's right. that that they can do it um, with. And But the, the first thing is really to get the community on board. And so I've been working with uh, the, the group um, that's right there on uh, eight in white with group. the Masrsuez group, they call it the Samia Centro, the Semillas. I think is what it's called. And we're going to be uh, doing a uh, computer training there. And right, right in December, we're going to launch our program called the Technology Redeployment Program, where we're going to teach kids, you know, high school age and young college kids, how to refurbish computers, how to ah, refurbish okay. the old, older computers. Which serve really just to kind of get email, basic Gmail access to you know all the the Google products, the which is if equivalent to a Word, Excel, PowerPoint, yeah. right? So we'll we'll teach that. But the fun thing is, is this program that I did in East LA and and also in in other spaces. But it it brings the community in. They learn how to refurbish the computer. At the end of the program, they get to take that computer home. So what we want to be able to do is have. Uh, families be able to be able in a position to take a computer home and then connect it to, you know, whatever Internet access that they have at that point. So kind of get it's not a new computer, but it's a refurbished computer. But moreover, the families learn about the technical skills and are are acclimated to all of what we're talking about here. Right. Right. Because a part of the program is going to be to educate them. the Difference between wireless, fiber optics, et cetera.
0: Well, you know, I, you know, of course, times are changing. But when I think about the, let's say, the traditional Mexican, we're both Mexican Americans, and, and you know, hardworking, uh, resilient, and are like MacGyvers, you know. And, and <laughs> some of you guys don't know who MacGyver is out there, but it was a, a show in the '80s where this guy, yeah, he could take a pocket knife and fix about anything. Right. Me. So Mexicans, also, man. I mean, right. Uh, uh, Self sufficient, re- reliant, right, right? right. Uh, In a in a physical world, fixing right. the car or the machine. A lot of that has run out in this time and age. I've been to Colombia a few times. My dad's from Colombia. And you could go take your cell phone to get fixed, refurbished. In this country, you don't find places where they fix things anymore. Right. So I think that's a wonderful opportunity to get our our, our people, our culture, learning how to fix things in this new technological age. Uh, Still being hands-on, being resilient, self-sufficient. Right. Thing.
1: And having this, just the basic connectivity, of course, you know, the system's not going to be able to play any games on it. It's not going to be, you know, high tech, you know, all this video stuff. Not not made for that right now. But one day our vision is kind of larger. We see ourselves in that space, maybe even becoming an internet service provider ourselves, uh-huh. you know, where from a nonprofit uh-huh. we would be able to, you know, offer those services. Because, I, you know, I've been talking to people across the country we're, they're excited to come out yeah. here, they recognize, you know, the opportunity and, and and the high need. You know, the one challenge though that that I'm seeing is is that everything is being laid as far as this money and access to these B dollars, these billions of dollars, and you know the money that's out there. A lot of the responsibility is being laid on the employees of the the staff at the city, right? So like the IT director, yeah, the planning director, uh you know, deputy city managers. There was a call just uh, earlier this week, I think it was a San Gabriel Valley uh, Council of Governments known oh, as Cog. the SGV COG. Yeah, SGB Cog right? And they had a meeting with uh, all the city administrators. Well, it's 31 cities, San Gabriel Valley. We only had six cities, man, that showed up. That, were rep- that was wow. represented, wow. you know? Yeah. And this is to, you know, to line up, to get in line for billions of dollars, and what I'm finding out, what I heard, you know, because it was an hour and a half meeting, and what I heard from a lot of the, a lot of the players, and it's no, no, no uh, dis on them at all, right? I mean, they're busy managing the city's, you know, computers, the security, you know, cyber threats. You know, their plate is full, man. So to have them add another thing like, okay, what's the digital divide about? How do we get infrastructure dollars? Yes, it's almost unfair.
0: Yeah,
1: you know. And then you talk to the city leadership, like I had a conversation with the mayor just a few weeks ago, and he's all like, yeah, I'm relying 100% on our IT director, like that, right? So I just realized that that's where the problem is. So when you talk to city leadership, which I've done from San Bernardino all the way into Huntington Park and everything in between, I mean, La Puente, El Monte, in Pomona, Ontario, leaders from all over. That I've tried to like get up to speed on what's happening. Yes. And they're in the same position. They're doing the same thing. Well, I'm relying on, you know, my IT director right. who already has a full plate, full plate and is not gonna be able to get there. So that's that's the problem right, right there. We gotta insert another person that can take the lead yes. for this opportunity. At at every city, yeah. right, within the San Gabriel Valley, there has to be a point person. That's dealing just with that issue. Well, right you're, there. you're
0: perfectly right. You know, I got to tell you, uh, most cities and police departments and big organizations, they all ha- they all have some type of like governmental affairs or community affairs person that just focuses on the relationships between, you know, governments, community and so forth. Right. So I would definitely think, yeah, the IT person's probably got his hands full and there may be, should be another champion or a mediator uh, just for that position right as we move into the future
1: exactly and it's it's well worth the investment because we're talking about access to here at least in pomona you know millions if not tens of millions of dollars for infrastructure which will create again jobs right income economy i mean it just it just makes sense but not enough are looking at it like that but i hope this message you know that we're creating here will will start to turn the tide on that one is to get community acclimated and educated and we'll be advertising when those classes will launch and they will be free. Right. And it'll be in the evenings and it'll be in both in Spanish and English. Right. So we'll get the, like a lot of the older, you know, generation, like I said, who got leapfrogged over the technology explosion yeah. that we'll be offering those courses to, but more importantly, to start talking to the city leadership to say, Hey, this ain't going to get it, man. And what we're going to do is we're going to end up missing the boat right. on millions and millions of dollars that, we just can't afford to miss the boat on this one, man. Andy, we, yeah. you know, Pomona needs this, yeah. right? We need it, and uh, you know, Spectrum is is happy to you know keep things right where they are. Frontier don't want no, sure. you know, they don't want no competition, you know. And uh, the wireless companies are like, hey, man, great opportunity, you know, and and you know, they're doing they, it. They're and an it average
0: a family would spend perhaps like thirty bucks a month to get uh, to get the internet that's ten thousand times faster. Right. At an affordable price that everyone in the house could connect at the same time with same l- time. nothing slowing down. That's right. I mean, man. It makes a lot of sense. Right. That's right. It's not going to cost us any more tax dollars. No, it's not. Right. It no. just it's going to take uh, the leadership to champion uh, the cause and to bring it to, to full effect here at Pomona, it seems like.
1: Right. Yeah. It's going to take a minute. And, you know, I think some of the council members ha- have tried to jump in Um but uh, you know they're not there yet, man. Right. They just they just don't
0: get it with everything else that's it, you happening. You said something they don't get it, and and that's uh, technology. I I, buried, I I know a little bit of a way around the computer and ha- have things up, but it could seem, uh, it could seem to be a lot if you don't get the technology. And when we don't get things, we usually kind of just pass them over, right? Right. So
1: it is it is daunting, man. I mean, I remember when we this. first talked to, to the to the mayor. And uh, you know he kept talking about yeah we got to get our Wi-Fi going man and I go it's it's not Wi-Fi dude it's yeah. it's fiber optics it's different you no, know no
0: but also listen just to clarity's sake you can still get Wi-Fi over fiber optics yes right yeah 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 like wi- it still come to my house but through my router I can still connect my devices right. wirelessly but the main hub would be that ten f- times faster right fiber. the fiber like, right optics. now we're only getting two point five G or five G right uh, so that's not very fast.
1: Well, uh, to- yeah, there, there's certain there's other challenges, you know, with with kind of wireless infrastructure. But you're right in what you say. It's fiber optics to and through the home, right? That's that's the that's the ideal model. Of course, you know, we all love the convenience of our cell phones and and all of that. And so, wireless will appear to be forever in the future, right? Yeah. There is um, the 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 strategy for the wireless companies are saying no, don't get fiber to the home, right? We'll take care of it. Right. Right. So that's, they're saying we can just put it from the pole and we can, you know, we can zoom it into you, into your house. But there's lots of challenges with that. I mean, there's, first of all, there's the health issues, you know, that uh, is not even being considered right now at the federal level. There's, there's major challenges with that, that there's been over a thousand studies that have showed that there's biological impact when significant RF radiation is emitted from the poles and, you know, yeah. in, you know, in proximity, like your, your router at your house. I can't tell you how many, even my own family, my own grandkids, right. Are, are by that router. And it's like a h- pushing out a hundred times more RF radiation
0: than what is recommended to be accepted. Right. Right. And, you know, I, I appreciate you bringing that up. I was going to bring that up next and you, 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 I'm, uh, thank you. Now I, I have questions about that. Sure. Right. Again, you uh, you're, you're a little bit, you know more informed of course than I am in this field now one thing that I heard is that the 5g technology was like uh, uh, really kind of created by well DARPA and, and the military and they even created to weaponize it like to fight off pirates like they can use like a 5g and 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 shoot like a gun that would make your skin crawl and it would it, it disperse crowds and and so uh, from what I understand, the history of, again, the beginning of 5G was a weaponized uh, uh, technology. Right. And then the second thing is, uh, again, conspiracy theories out there, if they wanted to, I don't know, do something with all the little 5G, because there, there's many of them sporadically throughout, that uh, some people wonder, can, can the government ever turn around and weaponize the 5G that we have in our community to to emit certain frequencies that – would would create discord with us within us um, of course you know uh, the bees the birds uh all these invisible frequencies that we cannot see but they have an, an effect on our environment and just like you said you know you know all this radiation is emitting from from these routers and and all, and all this stuff and nobody turns them off at night uh they're affecting our uh, sometimes I don't know perhaps our mood our sleep uh, I heard some people even have there's new symptoms out there that people are like allergic or or you know they they can't right. handle a lot of the R, the radio frequencies the rf frequencies right. right they
1: call it electromagnetic sensitivity emf yeah. or ems, EMS. Right? right and uh from emf electromagnetic frequencies but it's all based goes back to the uh, you know the frequency of uh you know how the radiation is being is being pushed out there and you're absolutely right about that in 67 and 72 the Navy did two studies, and they found that that yeah, they could it could be weaponized, um, but it's the frequency and in, in what the, in which they're pushing out that that radio frequency, mm-hmm. right? So it can be depends upon the power, you know, that you could push that out. A lot of conspiracy you know theories that are out there in terms of what this means with regard to five G, but it's as simple as this, man. I mean, it's as simple as this. The FCC, the, the body that was in charge of determining whether or not it is actually safe or not, has decided to not address the issue, right? So wow. they've left it to the initial test that they did way back in 1996. How long ago was that, man? Right. About, you know, 20 what, something years? Yeah, yeah, Almost, yeah. right?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, that talks about the heat right and so the only basis by which this technology the radio frequencies that come out of your phone that come out of our routers that come from the poles is being measured is will it burn you or not mm. right and that's not that's that's a ridiculous Larry, Larry, tell that's you, a man. that's a ridiculous wow. uh measurement because it does not address the biological impact right. the dna yeah Damage that it does, again, going back to the thousands of studies that have proven that it does damage DNA. It does cause all these things. I mean,
0: and, and, and what frustrates me is you just yeah. said thousands of studies. So thousands this is studies. nothing that, that, that they're not just guessing about. So, so, you know, and again, thinking about American history, for years, x-rays uh, were given to pregnant women until someone said no. It's hurting them. Exactly. And doctors and scientists say, "No, no, it's not going to have fine. Any it's Yeah,
1: fine. don't worry about it. Same thing yeah. with uh,
0: with leaded gas. Right. For for I saw a documentary about it, and for decades this guy was trying to uh, tell the world that this is is hurting us. This lead in this gas, and he fought for years and years before before they finally said, "Hey, you know, maybe we should take lead out of gas, uh, <laughs> cigarettes." You know, four out of five doctors prefer Marlboro. Right, because they're smooth, or whatever. Thing. So yeah. again, so it seems like we have a long history of 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 the industries uh, manipulating data and and falsifying information uh, for for wealth and profit.
1: Well, it's a it's a playbook, right? It's a playbook that uh, currently is being implemented for you know wireless technologies right now in mm-hmm. terms of what the cigarettes companies did back in the sixties and seventies. Were like, oh man, we. You know, we haven't done any studies as it cause lung cancer. We haven't done this. So now the wireless industry is, is basically saying the same thing, saying we haven't done any studies, you know, whether it causes biological harm or not. Yet again, going back to the thousands of studies, which can be found at americansforresponsibletechnology.org. Uh, and there's a host of other websites that kind of talk about that. There's a wonderful uh, doctor from Northern California that... Uh, her name is Cindy Russell, and she has a website, and goes into takes a deep dive into all the things that you were saying, you know, the harm that it can cri- create to your vision,
0: yeah.
1: uh, the neurological challenges, as well as ultimately cancer. You know, whenever you have, uh, what do they call it? Uh, when you're when you're slicing the DNA, right? When you're damaging the DNA, that's those are the things that causes cancer. Yeah. You know, and so. Uh, it's not so much the 5g as it is the, the overall technology. So mm-hmm. the, the routers, like I have, I have one of those, um, RF readers, right. Yeah. RF radiation readers that I took, you know, I took to the park here at Washington park and, uh, and behind the, um, the Rite Aid right there on Gary and, uh, Rio Rancho. And yeah, man, they're pushing out like about a hundred times more radiation than what building biologists consider it consider to be safe. So those people that work at Rite Aid, that work at the 99 Cent. Out of sight, out of
0: mind. If they don't know if people are not conscious of things, they're just gonna
1: And they and, and they're all like go. and there's they're like sick all the time. Like yeah, my yeah, daughter, yeah. uh who didn't know a few years ago, about five or six years ago, uh was uh was a teaching at this one charter school and she was tired all the time, falling asleep in class. Um Almost falling asleep on the road, and she was just like all in all, just bad health. Well, we found out later, after she quit, thank God, uh, that they have a they had a cell tower right on top of her building, ah, and that and that was the source yeah. of what was causing all of her problems. And a lot of people who are close to these cell towers, you know, and close to the, you know, where it's transmitting, are not feeling good, yeah. right? Like the people. Right there on Grand and, and Gary, where that, that big cell tower is behind I think the shoe store right there. I bet you those families, you know, are not feeling well and they're not they're you know, they're going to the doctors, the doctors, oh you're fine, you know, you don't know what's up. You know, uh they can't they're probably saying I can't sleep. All the symptoms, yeah, yeah, right? The right. Cindy Russell does a great job of pointing out uh what all of the symptoms are that you can that you can experience as a result of um, having this, you know, radiation go through you. And it makes sense, man. I mean, you think about, you know, the, what is the largest organ in our, in our body, right? Our skin, the skin, right? And, and what, you know, what that's doing, Mm -hmm. the radiation is doing that would, I mean, there's, they're saying that it damages your organs, that it can damage your organs, man, you know, and, and all this other stuff. I, I
0: remember hearing some years ago, it's, uh, don't, don't put your cell phone for guys, you know, uh, right there by your testicles, yeah. you know, as you're driving or something. Right. That's, and then for girls, don't put it in your your breast uh, where, you know, they kind of keep your phone right there. I mean, that. I mean, you're nobody absolutely, talked to us about that so many years ago.
1: No, they're not. And, and you see these young girls who are the most vulnerable, right? They love carrying their cell phone in their back pockets. You ah, see that all day long, yeah, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, not to say that there's a, a relation to this, but... It's worth studying. There's an increase in colon cancer. More and more younger people are getting colon cancer. Uh, is on the rise yeah. in in this area, right? Uh, the girls that have the you know the the breast cancer, right? The young girls have the breast cancer. You can see that the cell phone. And then um, you know it. A, a good friend of ours, Antonio Gonzalez from Southwest Voter Registration Project, uh, passed away uh a few years ago and uh and this cat he would he would be on his phone yeah, like this yeah. right i mean if you remember he would be on the phone 24/7 right yeah. he would have it right there well guess where the cancer came really? right there and there and there's many many other anecdotal stories yeah. that i have but they, like i said this stuff has already been studied and they show how for a kid that holds a cell phone like right next to his head it penetrates the radiation penetrates almost through Two thirds of his brain. You got
0: to be kidding me! I know when I learn this stuff. I, I, ninety nine percent of the time, I'm I'm on speaker now. Yeah, good for and you, so, man. Rather than doing this, I'm doing this. But yeah. even you know, having it a foot away from my head, that, that's still pretty effective. Um, yeah,
1: it's it's best to keep it away from you, and and never try never to hold it against your head. But a lot of our families, Andy, you know, man, the. The parents, even my neighbor, was like, "Yeah, oh yeah, I let my grandson play with the phone all day, all day long, because his mom doesn't let him play with it." And I'm all like, "Oh my gosh, you know?" And I have two
0: small children now. I'm thinking now, I forget sometimes about these things. Wow. Yeah,
1: you gotta like, it's not a toy. It's uh, you know, it's a tracking device.
0: Yeah, (laughs) what I like calling it, right? Yeah, it's a tracking
1: device. That is, you know, emitting the radiation, and we just don't know enough about how to keep. It's safe. You know, I do, but the community at large doesn't. And that's part, again, part of the education classes. Right. It's just like anything else, bro. I mean, we first finding out about this stuff. Yeah. Now we got to start telling people about it's it. Right. And that's, what, again, man, why I'm so thankful you're doing this thing here and, man, doing some amazing work. And well, thank and you for getting championing getting, the cause. The getting because. the word out, man. Yeah. I think it's really important that, uh, that people know that there's resources and there's ways to mitigate the challenges, right? They have... Like we're way ahead of the game on this stuff. Right? They have, um, you know, devices that you can. Um, the you shields? Can put,
0: yeah, the shields. You right. can put underneath your phone. You can put behind your phone. And I've wondered how effective those are. I mean, I've had stickers that I put on there, and it says, you know, I get them on Amazon, and there's no way I don't know how to test them. You kind of just have to believe that they're going to work. I mean, yeah, I, I wonder, like, how there, is a sticker, a sticker holographic sticker, going to work to reduce RF, you know, frequencies coming out?
1: They have they have companies that specialize in, in all in all of that yeah. that are providing these kinds of products. If a friend of mine who's a building biologist who um, has her own company that that does that you know that produces those products. And I'll yeah. I'll send you the link, and then maybe you could share on you know, Facebook or you know Instagram whatever so that you have that. But I think I think it's it's important that community families understand that the cell phone is not a toy; it shouldn't be held by your kids they shouldn't hold it next to their head it's dangerous it causes them harm and that there's resources that are out there on the web that families have already been through all this and they're talking about what are some of the resources they do to mitigate the challenges right right? like everybody that lives right there down grand next to that cell tower should should know about what they can do to shield you know the constant radiation and and you know what that means and so
0: you know, something I do at my house, because, you know, I, I, I've i learned some about this stuff. You've inspired me to do a little research when, when you started talking about this a few years ago. Is one, I bought one of those, uh, it's a plug that I plug in and I plug my router into that. And I could turn off my router. Nice. Uh, on and off, so like at nighttime. The thing is, I, I sometimes don't turn it off because my wife gets up earlier and she got to get on the computer. And she wakes me up saying, where's that? The remote, you know, so I, I, I wish I, I need to get better in the habit of just turning off the router every night when we go to sleep. Um, the second thing is, uh, of course, you know, getting those little stickers, you know, for some of our devices. Yeah. The third, uh, and I, again, I don't know how effective this is, but when we're at the house, uh, I and I tell my wife uh, to use airplane mode yeah uh not not use the the, the cellular mode but, right. but put it in the air pay mode and it connects to our wireless right I, I, again I don't know how effective it is but I hear some tips that that reduces some of the it r- does r- yeah frequency. put
1: it in our airplane mode you know if you're not using it is always good never put it in your pocket never put it in your front pocket you know don't hold it against your head I mean check it out man I mean the uh instruction set of course nobody reads it right yeah, right that little book yeah. that comes with your cell phone uh-huh. it tells you on page you know like nine hundred and sixty seven small friend <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. like hold it you know yeah. two millimeters or centimeters away from your head right? Right, right not to put it nobody reads that nobody does that right, right? and that's why you know headphones are important and putting keeping it on speakers important and,
0: and and what about bluetooth headphones i mean are, are, is that
1: you know the jury's still out on still, those things man out, right? i mean you know because it's all it's still wireless technology yeah, yeah, you know yeah. and it's uh it's it's fun. It's easy. You know our kids are cool. You know, but when you have a ten year old with these two things in their ears and knowing because their skulls are uh, a lot thinner.
0: Yes, yes. Because
1: they're still developing, right? And this is not me speaking. It's the studies that have been done. That I was right. The the website at technology dot org. Their site has uh, this information where these studies have been done, and there's. You know, pictures saying that the smaller the child is, the thinner their skull is, the deeper the radiation penetration goes into their brains. Right. Yeah. yeah. So so it's problematic and it's, it's a challenge. But it's a matter of, you know, just letting people know, um, you know, what's going on. And, you know, what, what what the one lady had put it this way, she goes Hiroshima, the people, you know, didn't start dying of cancer there until, you know, 20, 30 years later. It's a, it's a long term thing, right. man. So the wireless companies can say whatever they want. Oh, what? This guy had it against his head for the last, you know, whatever years, and he's still fine,
0: yeah. you know, but what does that mean, right? Well, George Burns smoked it. He was 102 years old. I mean, right. it's like smoke is not going to kill everyone, but you're going to kill a lot of people, right?
1: But right. you should at least understand what the challenges are, right. what the opportunities are to, you know, to mitigate those challenges. But it goes really kind of circles all the way back, Andy, to kind of economics, yes. you know.
0: And that's why we're here, uh, that brought right. us How do we make our city a more economically viable community exactly. with the right technology? Right. right. Yes.
1: Yeah. And and there, the, the mission of the wireless industry is to like, let's do it all wireless. Let's get, you know, let's put up 5G. Let's do all this stuff. Before you do that, you got to realize that, okay, it's going to cost us in a 10-year window two, three, four times as much mm. to have that infrastructure in place. We miss out on the free money yeah. that's coming from the Biden administration and from, you know, Gavin Newsom and the economic opportunity, the jobs that would have been created as a result of getting that money is also missed, right? And right. and we we don't want to be in that situation. And so, uh, you know, we need to work harder. And that's why we're launching these classes, yeah. you know, in the beginning of December. And hopefully we're going to be sending some computers home to some of the families that, uh, you know, they don't currently, ha- don't currently have a tech, you yeah. know, technology. Of course, again, they're, they're refurbished systems. They're not brand new. You won't be able to play any games on them, but it'll keep you connected and it'll, it will get you the information you need, you know, uh, through the device that you have at your house. So, yeah. so that's really cool.
0: So as we kind of bring things to a close, uh, one, I'd like you to, like you said, when you talk to the mayor, he's going to rely on his IT guy. So if we had all the IT guys uh, in the room with us from the SGV that are going to talk to their mayors and the city managers, you know what would you tell them? How would you convince them to 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 you know champion this this cause?
1: I I think it's important that it didn't seem like a lot of them understood that the B dollars were on the way, you know, and that they may have not. Uh, um, they most likely do not know the history on how the. Uh, telephone companies for the last three decades have collected billions in dollars in fees and in taxes to actually upgrade our, uh, our infrastructure, which is important for sustainability. I mentioned that Mm -hmm. only for the sustainability aspect of it, because the B dollars are going to represent a one-time influx of, you know, 1.83 billion for California. But as, as uh, Selwyn Hollins, who's the director, uh, for the, the Delete the Divide program for L.A. County. Great guy, super smart, you know, really down to earth, talk to you, could talk to people. He put out a video saying the same thing. He goes, $1.83 billion sounds like a lot of money. He goes, but even if L.A. County got all that money, it still would not serve to close the digital divide.
0: Oh, wow. Really?
1: And so knowing that, those dollars are scarce before they even hit here, man. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it is important for us to say, OK, what's going to be the long term plan? The long term plan was would be to claw back some of those dollars that have been collected over the last three decades or have the corporations, you know, either return that money yeah. or agree to, you know, to their commitment, which was to uh, actually replace all of your copper. With fiber optics, I don't know if that was, if you knew that that was the plan, man. The plan, the plan was that they were collecting and going to upgrade everybody, and then they decided to in 2010, I think they said, "No, nah, we ain't going to do that no more." After after all.
0: they collected all that,
1: after they collected wow. all that money, and 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 so when they stopped that, that's what caused the you know part of what caused the digital divide, right? And okay. then the law was passed Got and it it. said, "No, nah, you don't gotta you don't gotta put fiber in there. It's okay." And um,
0: and of course, it's the people that created these policies with our legislators. Often, they have uh, lobbyists that are doing are paid to do a lot of talking and convincing to our elected officials to make decisions that are beneficial for the the corporation rather than the community.
1: It's it's their business plan, man. It's yeah. to maximize what, what's profit, it, right? your your Verizon, your AT and T, your Frontier. What's what's your mission? maximize profit, profit that's right. for, our, for shareholder for interest, right? Yeah. That That's the goal. And so we have to understand that. Their their business model is not to close the digital right. device. So every right. time we look at them yeah. Yeah. and think that they're going to be compassionate, yeah. you know, in any way, try to understand what that means.
0: Not true.
1: That's not in their business model. That's not what they get paid for. We got to be real about that. Yeah, and yeah. then so then to my group of IT directors that I'm talking to, I'm saying we got to be clear on that mm-hmm. and know that collectively we must find another alternative, yes. right? We must look to the independent provider, the municipal broadband models that can then offer, you know, all of the same things that a Verizon or that a Frontier or that a Spectrum may be able to offer. Yeah. But at the local level, under local control, right? We have and our own for,
0: police department here. Right. right? And we for local interest. Sheriffs, we have our own. Because our local interest, so again, this model is, has been used. It's in been used
1: ways. over and over, over and again, over, right. and this this is only another another thing that we that we need to do. That's how we have to look at it. This uh, to to look at the you know the incumbent players, these guys, frontiers, the verizons, mm-hmm. or the spectrums that they're going to do it for us. There ain't no way. Right, right. and you know right. what? That they're yeah. going to do it for us because again, it's not their business model, right. right? Let's be real with that, yeah. right? And as soon as we can get that wrapped around our heads, then people are going to say, okay, well, how do we do this? Yes. You know, what do we want to do? We got we, to, let, let's let's figure out, let's get another body. Let's throw another body at the city so they can be on top of this 24-7. Because our IT director, he's he's busy, right? right? He don't have time to, to do any of this. I mean, that's what the mayor told me as well. He was like, yeah, he's busy with other things. He's doing other things. I get that, man. You know, we all get there. Yeah, we all yeah. understand right. people are, you know, doing their thing. But when a new opportunity comes along to say that, oh, well, we can't take advantage of that because we don't have the capacity. I mean, for me, that's a cop-out, man. And yeah. it's like, okay, well, let's fix that. Let's work towards, you know, we, we've done other things to fix stuff, yeah. right? Like that on the yeah. drop of a hat, yeah. right? right? This is what we need to do here. We need to throw another body at it that is, understands it, gets it and can advocate, you know, for the city to get the grants, to get the money, you know, to bring in the right resources. Those are the folks that we need. And, and, and they're all over, man. There's people all over the country, you know? Uh, And the best example though, of what's not working is that meeting that I attended a couple of weeks. No, no diss on, on SGV COG. I mean, they did the best they could, you know? And again, the staff is taking it they're receiving it where they're at right so where they're at is not like oh hey man i can get my whole community connected this could mean so much more money for our city they're not seeing it like that
0: yeah
1: they're seeing okay are there any holes do i have to plug any holes you know what's what's the emergency and it seems like you know oh we're kind of we're kind of okay you know
0: yeah
1: every city right now is they're kind of okay kind of okay right
0: out of sight out of mind
1: Exactly. And so it's there's no like there's not a five, what do you call it, a five alarm fire going yeah, on, yeah, you yeah. know, where people gotta get on this. But that's how we have to treat it because right. again, the money's gonna come. It and just and you've seen this, you know this happens, man. Right over us, right? Yeah. And we are just left high and dry, man, with nothing. So we need champions, right? Now right.
0: we're gonna close this, this podcast off and now I I'd like you to Share with the community. Are there, there are people like me watching, other family members watching. Uh, what can an average person do to help champion the cause in our own way? I mean, do I do I call my local legislator? Do I fill a, a petition? I mean, what can we do to help uh, push this this great cause forward?
1: Yeah, you contact me at you know would be the first thing to try to set up maybe a meeting. We could do a we could do a coffee clutch at uh, coffee class clutch at. Uh, at your house, bring some neighbors over, let's talk about it. I mean, specifically the families that are, are near the uh, the high-frequency, you know, radiation places. I'd which, love to
0: see a map of Pomona where yeah. all these cell towers are at yeah. and maybe do a study. Imagine we had Cal Poly students, you know, do some type of study or statistics and outreach to really get a grasp on on.
1: That would What's be that would be amazing i i I did uh kind of informally I went to the the grand in uh Gary location where they had that cell tower and then I went to Washington park you think about all the kids and the moms and the dads that are right. there uh for so long just being bathed in a hundred times more radiation than what is recommended by building biologists oh my gosh. It, and it, then in the spot behind the Rite aid I'm sorry, right. R- uh, Rio rancho and, yes. and and Gary right there so so there's those three hot spots that y'all need to be, you know, kind of consumed about. But contact me at uh, 909-629-9212 or my email address, la at laortega.com. We can have a, a you know, a small neighborhood meeting, get you guys informed, of some of the resources. I can email you, you know, some of the contacts and, and information how to mitigate some of these challenges. That, that's kind of the first step but the next step would be to attend the meetings uh, and the classes that we're going to have over at Centro, this, Semillas over there on uh, Eighth and uh, white. And we'll be doing classes there in the beginning of December, hopefully be able to give away a couple of computers. And then the last thing is to just ask questions of your uh, political leadership, the city councils, the, when you see the assembly members, see the Senator, Hey, what about, you know, are we going to get our fair share of that money? You know, uh, how do we educate more of the community? Asking them, what is the strategy in terms of getting more of the community educated and acclimated to? First, the opportunity. And then second, some of the dangers. And then third, like, you know, we don't want to be in that spot like, oh, man, we didn't take advantage of that. That's, that's that's my most important thing. That's why I'm so thankful for that you got this, Andy. Yeah. And you have this mechanism to communicate to the community is because i think i hope this reaches some ears of some people that yeah we do need to come together collectively we've got to have start having more meetings and yeah. you know getting everybody getting everybody acclimated but it's going to you know like everything else bro it takes you know yeah.
0: time and effort takes, huh?
1: it takes time and effort and it, and it takes everybody right
0: right
1: you know so thank you yeah. again for the opportunity and awesome. uh I like how you said, like you know, talk to the IT directors. That was yeah. that was pretty cool, man. Thank Maybe, you for letting me do that. We gotta get in
0: a room, huh? Or you know, create at least one training video where all could
1: could see, see it, it in their own time. Right? Could right. see the history. Right. Right. Can know that. So, the, or, you
0: know, I open up my office, uh, my our podcast studio. We have all the equipment here. If you ever want to do a presentation, yeah, we'll make it happen for you.
1: All right, man. That's awesome. Very one last cool, thing man. I thought
0: about is that you know, I, if I go to Starbucks or Raising Canes or just about any place now, there's there's that little sign that, you know, that warns people that there are cancer-causing agents within the facility. Okay. You, you, are you familiar with that? Yeah, I've seen those. Right, yeah. right. You know, because it's by law now that they have to have it if there's something in there. Yeah. Uh, perhaps there should be some type of signage, again, where there's a South Tower or, you know, there should be some visible signage that this is potentially harmful.
1: It, it is. that should be a policy. There, there actually there, there are. Oh, the si- my goodness. The signs are are actually there, except that... I think at Washington Park cuz it's on top of a uh on top of the snack the snack bar, okay. right? So I don't know I don't know how close the uh the signs are. Yeah. But there's some signs but you can't read you them. Can't, yeah, I I, and, I haven't
0: recognized right. I haven't seen any, You
1: can't so. read them and uh you know most people think it's it's all cool because you know, nobody's talking about right. that. It's not cool. And I just
0: want my my Wi-Fi. That's all that matters. That's
1: it, man. Just give me my cell phone. Just Are you give kidding my me? Cell phone, right? You're not gonna. And, and we're look We're not talking about taking any of this away. We're not saying, oh, these should go away or that, you know, this shouldn't be improved. The technology, not at all. It, all we're saying is that, you know, make yourself aware of some of the dangers because right. it ain't all that. Like you said, with the lead, the cigarettes, right. yeah. the right. you They're know, the X-rays. Through, years
0: later, we find out.
1: Yeah, the X-rays, all that stuff, man. I mean gosh and
0: I, I know i know plenty of sick people i'm sure you know plenty of sick people that are you know dealing with cancer right now and all this stuff and uh it's not on the radar that's something potentially harmful that they can't see is affecting them right? right yeah you know sleeping next to their router that's in their bedroom or their child's because it just happens to be convenient the, local, the convenient
1: you know? yeah, the convenience of it yeah that's super dangerous man yeah. and it, and like i said you know the more that people know that you know the better it's going to be and uh we only need a few bro yeah i mean we only need like you know 20 30 30 families from the hood man they just get together and yes. you know then they they lead with the you know how it works yeah man. absolutely then they lead the rest of the communities and never you know, doubt that
0: a small group of people can make it that's right change, man right? Yes, yeah absolutely.
1: so whatever years is this is falling on man uh thank you guys for listening uh thanks again to andy quinones for all this great work uh making this thing happen is so important for pomona i was so pleased man that you're making this happen dude and i wish you all the best and continued success brother
0: well thank you larry for joining us here at the pomona province network podcast yes, we're, sir. we're so grateful that you brought this information and that you're a champion a worthy cause for the for the long term of pomona thank you man we hope we get some some good feedback from this video yeah. and remember follow the advice you know uh, learn more uh, become conscious talk to others about it and then, if you happen to run into a, a, a elected official, uh, please share your concerns, and, and hopefully, we'll get some traction and, and really make the difference in our, in our right. part yeah. of the world, huh?
1: Yeah, and, and feel free to contact me. Uh, I got a lot of world of information, and I'm available. I mean, that's my whole that's my whole mission, man. When I was uh, six years old, uh, that I used to go to the neighbor's house that lived behind us, and I would walk by and. Back then, the daily bulletin used to throw the paper like right right on the sidewalk or you know, in the street in your driveway. And uh, I was a little kid that would go take the neighbor's paper to their door, really. right? Because yeah. I, I mean, I, I love community. I believe in community. I could be doing anything, man, right. you know? Right. My thing is making sure that our community has full access and resources, uh, full access to the resources that are available to them that were designed for them. And the reason why I feel like that is because I got a shot, bro. I shouldn't have got to Cal Poly. But but for the uh, affirmative action, you know, which they did away with, uh, you know, I wouldn't have been there. But that got me in there through the EOP program. I went in as an undeclared major because, again, my grades weren't there. But, you know, I was excited. I wanted to go. And, you know, I had a story to tell. It said, you know, my dad told me that when, you know, I was 12 years old, 13 years old, he goes, you can work with your back in construction and do all you want to do. He goes, but if you get hurt, man, game over. He goes, now you have a chance to go to college and do all this stuff. And uh, he goes, when I was a kid, you know, I couldn't get a job in the fire department because I was Mexican. And they were able just to tell you that straight up 1953 they could just say hey we're not hiring mexicans and that was the end of the day you know boom the end of the game and and that was it and he would tell me you could do it now so when i shared that story with the eop director he was all like okay let's give this cat a shot and he gave me a shot to get into cal poly and and i did i did okay you know i got i had my grades high enough to to stay there and even though i was on the nine-year program you know got married had kids bought a house you know uh it still, you know, I was able to to do what I needed to do. Got to law school. Met my very best friend and uh, one of my best friends in, in law school, and he was in a nonprofit, and he was the one that kind of got me. And so now, you know, you look at this thirty years later, bro. When I first launched Community Union, uh, I've impacted tens of thousands of lives. Have touched, you know, through the television news uh, agencies that have covered us, thirty million yeah. plus people, and this message and. So I know, you know how to do this, man. I know how to get the message out, yeah. and so that's kind of what we're coming back to. And so you're you're the launch point, brother, man. Really. Thank Mary you, Ortega.
0: Thanks for joining us today, All right, man. man.
1: All right, Andy. All right, thanks, Pomona. man.
0: Peace. There it
1: is, man. Very good.